Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Charlie Baker. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, we talked about footballers' houses. Tom Gibbs from The Telegraph had been looking in the background of all those Instagram shots over Christmas and he noticed something and he told us about that, didn't he? A lot he? of grey paint, wasn't it, Paul? Was that was one of the main things. Uh, Jarla Thregan joined us to talk about running and the NBA and all sorts of stuff. Did he talk yeah. about the NBA? And Liverpool, big Liverpool, Liverpool fan. Yeah, 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 he talked about that. We had a bit of a chat. We got the listeners involved as well. Um, so here it all is. This is Paul Hawksby and Charlie Baker with you through until four here on TalkSport. Weather this afternoon, Charlie, what's coming up? Coming up over the next three hours, Spurs and Brentford take on tonight's League Cup semi, a scouting report on Manchester United's incoming wonder kid, and how come they're still playing golf in Scotland? We're also interested in your odd jobs and the day you were slighted, <laughs> and uh, why do footballers' houses all look the same? There's all this, plus Liverpool supporting comedian Jarla Regan, today's transfer rumours, and where sport's at in life. Lockdown three. Yeah, we'll get you up to this speed. This time it's lockdown yeah, here. Lockdown three, colon. This time it's what? I mean, I suppose, what would the lockdown three be called? This time it's this more time it's boring. <laughs> this time it's properly <laughs> tedious. Joe, this Wicks, time it's Joe like... Wicks exhausted, just knackered. This time it's not even sunny. <laughs> Joe uh, Wicks just sat on his sofa. Oh, yeah. Just... <laughs> Ah, oh, do what you like. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Joe, he's got his kids pee. We should say, don't want to bock the show. Five minutes past one. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Charlie. Good afternoon. Paul. Are your kids a bit old for Wix PE lessons? No, or? no, no. I've got well, I've got they're, they're sort of in either side. I've got a thirteen-year-old. Yeah, who doesn't particularly want to do a Joe Wicks workout? I will say that. Well, he's in that hint, and as he gets older, he will. But but he won't yeah. want to do he's the kids. Sco- he's he won't at school, do the though, kids. Paul. He's at school now. You know, he's on Microsoft Teams with all his pals. Oh, is he really? Chucking notes to each other on WhatsApp. Yeah, I bet they are. I bet you they're playing Fortnite, aren't they? <laughs> Pretending that. I said, if I put a photograph of myself on Teams, yeah. I could just do what I wanted, couldn't I? Because it looks like I'm there. Yeah. Like, that's not quite the point. <laughs> Good thinking, isn't it? Five or six photographs with slightly different facial yeah, expressions that you can just put on a loop. <laughs> yeah, like thinking, holding his chin like the emoji. One of those. Yeah, Good just, point, sir. Yeah, that, yeah, that would be it. You could just do different One with a hand up. Different facial expressions. <laughs> Baker, what's your take on this? Well, you look like you're thinking about it. We'll come plus. back to you. A plus, yeah. Well, you keep dwelling on that and we will come back to you, yeah. You say it best when you say nothing at all. Yeah. yeah. Paul, before we carry on, I just oh, want yeah. to say I hope you feel loved after yesterday. I read oh, all, yeah, your, it was, it was very all your nice online correspondence. People, people were lovely, yeah. I, I mean, hope most you re- people anyway. Hope you realise the, the high esteem you're you're held in by listeners and uh 
by and your colleagues alike. Yeah, that and was, it was very nice. Of me. I'm a fan. I'm a fan of this show. This is yeah. a huge privilege and a great joy for me to whenever I come You're in and crawler. do this show. I am a crawler <laughs> because I think this this show is uh, the best show on British radio. And wow. the way you've often given a platform to creatives and comedians and artists and and sports people who are maybe down on their luck and all those sorts of people people looking to get their charity out there the way you've done that over 20 years is super impressive and I hope you realise you are a, a great touchstone for people and a great uh, strong place for people to find when when the, wa- that, when the waters get choppy as that, well so that, that thank is, you very much that is lovely of you that is really nice and but the money isn't going up I, I know that, I and, you know, that. <laughs> and I wanted to here I am to ruin the last 20 years <laughs> <laughs> we just wondered if like your show today would be the straw that broke the camel's <laughs> if back if this was it they, the management were listening and said you know what and then they just that Charlie Baker show probably killed it off. They jumped the shark. It was they jumped really the Baker shark. It. Yeah, <laughs> really no, we, anyway, there we are. Like to hear from I, you. I won't mention shark. it again. No, it's not. It's lovely of you. Thank you very much, Charlie. Thanks for everybody who got in touch yesterday. It was really very much appreciated. So, a um, couple of things to get you going on uh, this afternoon. Now, Charlie, uh, you're, you're a working comedian. You're a radio presenter. This this isn't an issue for you. But there may be some people out there in the world of entertainment who might look at this and think, you know what? Why not? It's, it's it used to be a way of getting uh, an equity card. Okay, yeah. Um, a real-life Hogwarts is hiring 130 staff for roles, including trainee wizards <laughs> and costume tour guides. Uh, Annick Castle, lovely place, actually, yeah. by a superb uh, place, uh, where famous Harry Potter scenes such as the Quidditch match were filmed, needs new workers for events oh. such as broomstick training, Quidditch, not a sport, uh, as well as <laughs> admin assistants and kitchen staff. I don't know if oh. you'd wear all the Hogwarts gowns, you're going to get covered in custard. Uh, Northumberland uh, Castle, which dates back to the 11th century, featured two Potter films. So they are looking for enthusiastic team players who can go that extra mile. Knowing my, thinking back to my acting career when I was just an actor, Paul, yeah. I'd probably get down to the last two for Ron Weasley and, and be <laughs> and be admin stuff. Yeah. <laughs> did you did you ever? Because I just thought mate, there might be some of the listeners out. I was there a tour today. guide on the London Eye. Were you once, really? Yeah, I had that as a job once, yeah. When it when it first launched. Did it have his ups and downs? Did uh, you do that whoa, one? Yeah, yeah. Really you, round and round. Yeah. Um, um, but it, we, you, so people get on, they used to have a tour guide in each pod. Oh, really? And and you'd, you'd stand there and you'd have to say, and that's MI6 and that's MI5 and tell people the difference, which I now can't remember. Yeah. Uh, the, that's the House of Lords, that's the House, you know, the House of Commons, red and that's green. Sellers Park. Yeah, which bridge is that? And you'd get questions like, yeah. hey, can I see the Eiffel Tower? You know, when they were looking at Crystal Palace. So what you do know. you say? <laughs> you idiot. Uh, do no. a Paxman on them. <laughs> yeah. Of course you can't. Right, hold on a minute, guys. This guy was... <laughs> yeah. Mate, put your hand up. This Look at this. Put this a cap on. There's a tall cap with a D on it. Go and stand in the corner. I broke up a fight once if you can... in a pod. We're at the top. A fight. Kicks off. Was this? Was hold this... them apart. What, talk... was that, what was all that about then? Just kicked off at the top of the London Eye. Who wants a tear up at the top of the London Eye? <laughs> in this pod. I had to stand between them was and say... Was it Millwall West Ham? What was it? Was it arranged? I cannot remember this what it was. Pre-arranged tear up <laughs> yeah, in just, one of the I'll meet pod. you in the top one of the London Eye. One of the pods. Eye. We'll meet you in the pod. Pod four. Charlie Baker's pod. So, yeah. Um, yeah, the reason I asked the question is that the listeners out there must have... Uh, the excellent Michael Simpkins, the uh, oh, actor, yes. uh, he wrote a fine book about uh, some of his early acting gigs and the weird yeah. and wonderful things. It's not just actors, though. The listeners, I'm sure, may have taken on a uh, may have taken on an odd gig. 
Yes. Just an odd thing. Something you look back on. So whatever happens, whoever gets these jobs, if someone does broomstick training at Annick Castle, mm. uh, they'll be sitting there one day as a chartered accountant. They'll be at the Christmas party and they say, you've always been an accountancy. So I was, but I dabbled it. I remember one year I was, uh, you know, at Annick, I was broomstick training the, <laughs> and the old Harry Potter. And it's a great story. Something yeah. to dine out on, isn't it? Yeah, Have well, you? It's going to be. It's going to I mean, be. You're, a, see, you've just proved it with yeah, your tales of. Well, the, I had all sorts of jobs. Yeah, yeah. But was but, you dressed? Do you any chicken outfits or anything? Were oh, you dressed in a costume. I've done every, all the costumes. Oh, you, you, you were know, dressed as a chicken on um, the last. On leg? The last leg. You came on as a chicken. I've been didn't a you? six foot seagull. If you if you work for Sainsbury's at the moment, six foot, wasn't that Shane Duffy? <laughs> yeah. Actually, taller than that, it's about seven foot seagull. If you work for Sainsbury at the moment and you you do their training film, yeah, well, some of their training films. I'm in some of their training films oh, as mean? a seven as Daz, the seven foot seagull. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I'm sure sure no pictures of that exist. So that's that's good. Go that's looking for good. it, folks. <laughs> See if you can get a screen grab for but us. Don't you find it awful, Paul? When you go to a museum or you go to a castle or you, yeah. you're on a day out, you know, yeah. and you, and you turn the corner and ah. <laughs> Yeah. Fair wanderer. Yeah. <laughs> come, come. Yeah. While I tell you the tale of Leeds Castle. And yeah, like, that's right. Oh, yeah. Please, please. Please don't, mate. Please don't, please. mate. We, I remember years ago going to one of these medieval banquets at the Tower of London. Of my, sort of oh, my yeah. mate's, part of my mate's stag do. Mm. And we went along and there was a guy there from Birmingham, a very thick yeah. Birmingham accent <laughs> he had. And he, he, he was he was one of the monks and he'd, cut, and he'd just come over and go, Mead. And we'd say, yeah, right. Mead. So he just, and then we engaged him in conversation. Oh, and yeah. he was an actor looking to get his equity card at yeah. the time. So he'd just taken on this gig along with other things. Yeah. But he was the most, he was just really miserable. Everybody else was wandering around jesters and wenches. There was, and these Maybe were the days of wenches. Choice. Maybe that was a character but choice. But he chose to be the miserable monk. Mm. And, uh, <laughs> and he, he, but we engaged him in conversation. He hated every moment of it, yeah, you know, but it was just, it was a means to an end. Anyone can have a. The equity card now, really, Paul. Is that right? It's, it's not. It's not like a sought just join after. The, join the union now. Is it's, it? That's it. Not a sought after. You haven't really. put. You're put the hours in. You don't have to put the hours in anymore. You, okay. You know, well, if you've taken it, on yeah. any weird and wonderful gigs, in, in some of those little stories, you say, "Oh, well, there was that time when." I did this. We would love to hear uh, why and in what circumstances. Also, have you ever been slighted? Let's get this one out oh, for you as well. Nice. Um, sporting slights and non-sporting slights. Jamie Carragher, very interesting after the uh, Saints-Liverpool game last night, talking about the fact they played uh, Henderson as a centre-back and making the point that what sort of message does that send uh, to uh, Nat Phillips and and uh, Reese Williams? And you kind of think, well, there's two centre-halves sitting there, you know, so... How do yeah, they feel yeah, about exactly. seeing a mid, couple of midfielders uh, in the centre-back positions? Well, do you remember when, was it David James got bought on up front once? Yeah. Do you remember that one? When there were a couple of strikers sitting. John, yeah. John Mack, John, who was on the bench? Was it John, was it for Preston? No, the old Preston forward, John Mack, John Macken, is it John? Oh, yeah, John yeah, Macken yeah, was on the bench, yeah, yeah, yeah. wasn't he? And Stuart Pearce, he bought on... David James David up front James, instead. Yeah. So about that? How are you feeling at that point? <laughs> so we wondered about slights, not just at that moment when you're the obvious choice to go on. It might be Sunday mornings and you're the yeah. only striker, you need a goal with five minutes and they stick the right yeah. back on or the keeper or one yeah. of the kids' dads Awful. or something like oh, yeah. that. So that moment, that sporting slights or even slights in other, when you thought oh, they'll definitely call upon me. I will definitely be called There's upon. There's the story of uh, Mock the Week. If you warm up Mock the Week, yeah. you know, if you're a comedian, you're a warm-up man, you go and you warm up the crowd for, yeah. the, for the people who are on Mock the Week and then um, sometimes... Now and again, happened recently actually, someone got ill and the warm-up man had to stand in wow. on the show. Matt Brown went and stood on the show. Yeah. A previous warm-up man, I won't say his name, t- uh, tells the story of 
of the person not to the you know someone not turning up to to be on the show yeah. and they go to him so um uh they've not turned up you know not turned up to do the show so we were wondering if you had any comedians numbers <laughs> in your oh no <laughs> That's bad. It's <laughs> bad, isn't it? Poor, poor, poor I won't devil. say his name. I won't poor say his name. Devil. No, poor devil. So slights and also some of those weird and wonderful gigs maybe you've had over the years that you still dine out on. We'd love to hear them. Are you planning to apply to be a, a broomstick uh, trainer? The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Our producer is like you, John Callaghan, who, who does the National Obsession mm. Not A Talkie podcast not with a you, podcast. is a talkie fan like you. And mm. he looked, he had the weight of the world on his shoulders yeah. yesterday and I wonder what was wrong and he kind of let on that he was fearful that the National League would have to stop yeah. and Torquay would be robbed of their 11 point lead and they'd find another way to, to deny you league football it would be the most Torquay United thing to ever happen and that's in a long list Paul <laughs> yeah. of dogs running on pitches and chairman, chairman doing deals through ventriloquist dummies, dummies. <laughs> yeah, it would be <laughs> Uh, our, our own Fletch, though, as a Woking fan, was delighted yeah. at this prospect. Yeah, he was coming up with all sorts <laughs> of weird, wonderful ways that Woking could win but the league. This is actually a bit of a problem. It's a good yeah, point. Yeah. People who are up for uh, winning leagues or yeah. promotion or whatever won't want leagues to stop. Because there'd have to be a number of games, yeah. so many games, before you can say, well, they would have gone on and won that. And, and people, we probably haven't reached people that are point in, yet. People who are in the bottom three or bottom six we'll want the league to stop because yeah so you you get to that situation and i don't know if they've decided yet how they end the league if it ends now like last no. year they did it on ppg they kicked that particular can down the road don't you remember i mean when the premier league kept having these meetings before mm. they kept saying well we will talk about it. let's not worry Sorry, about yeah, that yeah. now yeah. No, no, i'm not saying that to you oh, this is what I'm not i thought you had to go to the break oh, no 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 <laughs> this is no but that's what they yeah. said in the meetings they said look you know let's not we'll worry about that when the time but hasn't comes. there been a lot of that paul over yeah. the whole thing we'll worry about that later we'll worry about that later you yeah. think no why don't you worry about it now make a decision yeah and then everyone knows the decision you've made a choice and we stick with the choice and whatever happens well you made a choice and we we back you for that yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I think that's how football's got itself in problem and Possibly the country, Paul, but it's not a political show. Well, it's, it's, it's not, political, not a political forum, is it? 0871722. You've been telling us about uh, some oh, of the odd, yeah, weird, lovely, wonderful jobs. We stuff. do now have a picture of Charlie Baker as a seven-foot seagull. You could get, can't you get some work at Brighton? We've no, got good contacts at Brighton. Oh, yeah, can we get you Brighton. down there? On Talk the... here, the girls, Paul. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah sorry. Yeah, I'll take Gilbert's job. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, we'll put that on the, at TSH and J so you can see Charlie in all his glory. You've been telling us about some of your uh, jobs. This was a good one. Uh, Abs, now living in Glasgow, oh, yeah. says, uh, as a kid I was invited on Tizwas. Uh, I'm a dentist now, by the way. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I ended up filling up the Phantom Flam Flingers paper plates oh, with foamy lovely. stuff and flan. Now that was a show, wasn't it? Oh, it was tremendous. That was a it show. Was just genius was telly. Beautiful telly. what they wasn't it? Uh, it's uh, Paul Hawksby and Charlie if he does Baker. that now with a cotton wool? Do you want a bit of cotton wool <laughs> <from> your face? <laughs> if he brings Tiswas to his dental practice. <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't be good, would it? Spit the yeah, dog. Just, just, just Bob Carroll G. Every time you hear, do you want to just rinse out? <laughs> He'd be doing all that one. Sorry about making that noise. It's not very pleasant Lovely. if you... It spit the dog. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. 
$45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. You're telling us about some of the weird and wonderful jobs uh, you've had over the years that you still dine out on uh, off the back of these uh, jobs coming up at Annick Castle, a real life Hogwarts, hiring oh, 130 staff. You could be a trainee wizard, costume tour guide, broomstick training you could do there as they do a bit of Quidditch at Annick. So um, we've had a few people getting in touch. Uh, Nigel says, first ever job as a Christmas temp, build a bear workshop oh, using man. the machine to fill the empty bears with fluff <laughs> and stitching them up with yeah. the occasional kids party dressed up in the mascot. So oh, always feels a bit bleak that bit when they fill the bear up, <laughs> and they put the bear on top of the pipe and you know. Is that what they do? You can't let the, you can't let the kids see that. Can't, can that's you? the bit I always think should they should don't, draw a little screen. For don't let bit. the kids. <laughs> don't take the kids backstage to see that. Anyway, uh, mm. joining us now, who knows? A man who may also have, uh, have dabbled in some I weird and wonderful gigs over the years. Bear. Comedian, Liverpool fan, NBA fan, Jarlis Regan joins us once again. Good afternoon, Jarlis. Hey, boys, how are you doing? Yeah, we're not bad, Jarlis. Have you? I mean, Charlie's telling us he's been a he's been a chicken uh, on TV, and he's been a seven foot <laughs> seagull over the years for a Sainsbury's training video. Have you? Did you ever dabble in those kind of gigs on on the way up? Absolutely. I mean, you get asked to do crazy gigs as a comedian and like it seems like the earlier in your career, the more willing you are to go. Yeah, I'll, I'll give that a go. I mean, <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be doing anything anyway. <laughs> it's terrible. I, I remember being asked to do background comedy. They wanted me to stand in the corner of a room where a drinks reception was taking place. And they were like, you know, just go and perform, do 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 some jokes. Oh my God. Like, kind of background. like background music, like you're sitting there playing Shadow, Shadow of Your Smile on the piano, just like a lounge piano. It sounds like a joke, but I can't quite work out which one it is. So is it, it's kind of, so is it, how did you do that? Do you do it quite... Low key, is it? You just sort of saying uh, two guys walked no, into. I, I mean, how do you do I, that? Did you hear the one I, about? Uh... <laughs> I don't know, but definitely I didn't. I passed. I passed on the gig, oh. uh, but I oftentimes you'll see uh, a comic doing a gig on the TV or in a situation like that, and you'll think to yourself, "I bet a few years ago I would have said yes to that." <laughs> <laughs> and you go. Gig's a gig. Yeah, very God. much so. No, look, I've, I've spent so much time doing crazy, crazy work. And part of it is, Charlie, you tell me if this is correct. There's a little bit of you that thinks I'll get a story out of this. Mm. But even if it's wild and 
wacky or we'll get a, we'll get 10 minutes out of telling this story and in my case it, it wound up in me uh, donating a kidney to my brother and, you know yes, it, I, I got a, I got a bit out was it worth the three star review though yeah, yeah that's right you're a kidney down <laughs> but there have some very good reviews that's true um, now Jarlis the last time we spoke to you was about your uh, running uh, podcast and I would imagine that this time of year people start thinking oh I've got to lose a bit of post Christmas timber and if they can only do one bit of exercise a day why not go for a run so I would imagine you'll, you'll be uh, there'll be a lot of interest in what you're up to yeah i mean really i started it on that basis that this was the only exercise that i we were allowed to and now we're back in that situation and i think i the last time i was on i was telling you that i couldn't even run around the block at the start of this mm. but thanks to former world champion and olympian my coach sonia sullivan who hosts mm. the podcast with me uh, I mean, it, it's extraordinary just what building a solid base of fitness can do, because obviously there's a little bit of ego that creeps in, right? Every time you go, I'm going to go for a run and you're conscious of the neighbors watching you out their windows going, what's he thinking? <laughs> <laughs> you want to look the part. So you don't want to do that kind of, you know, that shuffle, that kind of tippy toed crap looking jog that most of us can do for <laughs> any length of time. And that really is kind of the breaking of the back of it. So when last I spoke to you, I was taking the policy of I will build that base and see where it takes me. And here we are four months down the road. And at the weekend, I ran 12K oh, without good. really without really breaking a sweat. That's now, I'm not bragging, good. I just couldn't I could just couldn't picture this day, guys. Oh, and yeah. and here's the thing. There's hundreds and thousands of our listeners are doing it with us now. There's a Strava running club for it and this week looking at how to uh, how to cook right. And as, a, ha, as having actual Sonia help mm. the talk, so a lot of people have apps where they have celebrities talking into their ears yeah. as they go along, but having an actual person <laughs> rather than a virtual person, is that can she give you specific tips, Jarlath? Absolutely. I mean, really, the relationship there now is a friendship where... You kind of, you did never really level with your personal trainer. If anyone's had a personal trainer, <laughs> I actually talked to Ramesh Ranganathan about this the other day, and he said that he pays his personal trainer extra to be allowed curse on him. <laughs> <laughs> the relationship with Sonia isn't quite there yet, but definitely the, there's a humanity to it that you're going to be able to talk this through because you're going to have your doubts along the way. Mm. And she made a point this week in terms of New Year's resolutions that our, our biggest risk with these things is setting the bar too high. Yeah. A little pie in the sky idea. Especially oh, with pole vault, if that's your... If that's, your... Yeah, that's where I see you. That... He's never off. <laughs> Charlie, you saw your opportunity there. Yeah, you were like, I, I took it, I, I, took it. I went in, tapped it home. <laughs> I've missed it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So you were saying, uh, yes, um, so... Yeah, yeah. No, just doing things that are, are small but realisable little wins. Yeah. And the other thing she said was, you know, you kind of go into these resolutions thinking, I'm going to give up a thing. Whereas if you're doing a bit of running, there is a bit more of a sense of, I'm claiming this mm. for myself as 
my time and let's be honest a little bit of time out of the house no matter what your situation is will always do your head a little bit of good so Irishman Running Abroad with Sonia O'Sullivan and Jonas is uh, available from wherever you get your podcasts and you can go get, go back to the beginning and uh, and take on the journey with them although slight spoiler alert knowing he's running 12k now but that's not the point um, Liverpool uh, stuttering somewhat your team um, are you concerned I, I, yeah, look, I would be. I would be because I was concerned as soon as all these injuries took place. I mean, really, the 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 car has been running along on three wheels and somehow managing to remain at the top of the league. That was the most astonishing thing. I think we're we're seeing a few of the realities of how strong the team is and how sustainable the team is. But as I said to you the last time I was on, we've always got Jürgen there saying we've got to be real with each other <laughs> and, and that always that always seems to get me through these things i mm. think fans maintain a positive ebb with the club because the messaging is so clear from jürgen and it trickles down to the team that they they don't seem to panic the way liverpool used to my recollection of years and years of supporting them was that the second there was a wobble things just you know you'd have lads showing up wearing suit trousers to games you know everything would go wrong (laughs) 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 and then this this time around it just doesn't feel like that but then you know look at ollie that relentless positivity that he's been piping for months and months and months is starting to pay off so maybe that is it maybe we all need to be a bit more optimistic in the final lockdown. And I don't know if that was a red flag last night, Jurgen Klopp going on about Manchester United's penalties. Um, <laughs> it, just, it, it was getting a touch close to Rafa's facts, wasn't it, really? I mean, you wouldn't want that. But he did say afterwards, look, it had nothing to do on the result tonight. Uh, well, people have been going at Klopp, haven't they, for his, on, and his antics on the touchline, haven't yeah. they? So he, maybe he's going hitting a bit back, you know. Yeah, yeah, fair yeah, enough. Yeah, I think he was kind of suggesting that, wasn't he? When he said, does that have anything to do with me? Who knows? Do, does it? I mean, this this kind of leads me on to one thing I did want to talk to you guys about, and I, I mentioned a researcher that I, I've been working on. is, uh, you, you know, the... I guess it's the subjectivity of refereeing, right? Mm. This idea that refs are influenceable. And as soon as you realize that as a Sunday league player, that if you make friends with the ref, he's more likely to give you the call mm. when push comes to shove. If you were uh, Jose on the sidelines skidding along on your knees or screaming and shouting, I mean, you're less likely to get those calls. And I did this, I did a podcast about this very subject for the inside basketball wing of Irishman Abroad. It's a basketball show that I do about, you know, various different characters in the game, about an NBA refereeing scandal that nobody really knows about. Oh. A fellow by the name of Tim Donaghy was mixed up with the Gambino crime family oh. uh, and involved in fixing games and, uh, you know, the over-under betting on these games. And he seemed to be labelled as the bad apple. Mm-hmm. But in fact... As as the uh, journalist Tim Livingston I spoke to, who uncovered the whole thing, finds out it's actually the whole bushel of apples that was oh. that was rotten, but nothing was done about it. I'll have to check that out. Sounds very good. To listen to if you that. add tigers into it as well, you've covered all the pandemic watching for everyone. Haven't yeah, you? because <laughs> you've got true crime, yeah. basketball. Yeah. Get a couple of tigers. Couple in of there, tigers in there. Smashed it. Fellow with, with, with a mullet, and yeah. you're, you're laughing. Um, <laughs> and I think what you're talking about reputa- reputations proceeding people not just managers players like that was a penalty he was right Mane 
that was a penalty. The yeah, legs got... Definitely. If you talk about you've seen them given, it's very hard to say that wasn't a pen. But, you know, Mane does like to go to ground and maybe the, the bar wasn't high enough for VAR to overturn it. But I think if the ref had given it, it would have been a penalty. So sometimes that, that's players as well. We're through the looking glass in terms of that, aren't yeah, we? In terms of what what is refereeing? What, what is what is a decision nowadays? Now, to draw the tr- two worlds of basketball and football together, and it's something that I've been trying to do with my own country's game of Gaelic games and mm-hmm. football over there, and they have kind of adopted some of the refereeing methods there. And this is one idea. I want to see if you guys or your listeners like this idea that you get you get the opportunity to challenge that in the same way you would in Wimbledon. Yeah. Is there an argument that we can get rid of a lot of this VAR nonsense by saying each team has three challenges? Yeah. You yeah. Can choose, Coaches' yeah. challenges, use, like use American them. sport. Yeah, yeah. And tennis. Yeah. Works you, in tennis, works in yeah. cricket, works in everything. So, Save them for the end of the game or, or use them throughout the game. I mean, that was definitely one that you would have gone, look, I'm going to use my challenge. We don't disrupt the flow of the game. We just know that there, those those three challenges title. I wonder, is that where we're headed to? Because the reality is the current situation can't be allowed to go on, right? Yeah. No. Well, look, good to talk to you, Jonathan. Always a pleasure. And uh, so a, a multitude of podcasts. The Irishman Abroad, the Irishman Running Abroad, um, and also, you said, the NBA podcast. Basketball. It's almost yeah. as if you got you can't get out of the house and got nothing else to do, Jonathan. Yeah. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Go and have a run. Uh, <laughs> cheers, Jonathan. Great Take to care. talk to you, fellas. Cheers, mate. All the best. Charles Regan, he's a, he's a podcast Factory. magnate. But they're very good. He's very, the, he's very good. I mean, here he's very measured, isn't he, you, Paul? Very. You don't you have to be to Irish to listen to the Irishman abroad. It's very interesting. Oh, I some, thought you did. Well, I, it's good I, to know. Well, I mean, they've got no block on the. I've I've listened to it. If you do have to be Irish, no one's told me. <laughs> Is it like one of those? Are you a robot? Can you? <laughs> yeah. It are you, you Irish? Point I tried to, to go through. I had to mark up three parking meters <laughs> and I did that and he let me in four shamrocks I had to, I had to spot three Irish pops Phil, that's Phil Leonard I said I had to do three of those yeah. and then they let yeah. me in to listen to oh, it oh good that's yeah, good yeah, to yeah. know that's good to know thank you the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport we're going to have a chat with uh, the Marine chairman a little bit later on they take on Spurs in the FA Cup this weekend and uh, with you know with no fans there no um, and it would have been a huge uh, revenue generator for them they've found ways and uh, people have responded and uh, we'll find out uh, how well they're doing raising funds for that game a little bit later on but I've watched a lot of streams this year I know we'll talk oh, yeah, about yeah, later yeah. on but they are of varying quality just to let you know really that. when you I follow <laughs> yes well they're, they're often done in house by a lot of National League teams and uh, okay, they, not, they, they, not, they do vary. It's not, it's not the steady cam experience <laughs> we've got used to in the Premier League. No, it's probably sometimes just John on the handy cam, right? You hold that camera, John. <laughs> it's an old Sonny. Oh, point it that way, and we'll we'll all pick it up on the old internet. <laughs> anyway, um, when we saw pictures of uh, various footballers, most of them behaving themselves, some of them not, of course, at home. Uh, and we, most of us were focusing on the uh, the superstars um, in the foreground, but not uh, Tom Gibbs from the Telegraph, who was very much looking into the background mm. at what he considered the fairly sort of bland. <laughs> <laughs> they do have similar colour schemes. Yeah, a lot of grey, isn't there? A lot, a lot of grey at the moment. I don't know if that's a, a choice or I don't know how much research Tom's t- done well, into it. But I'm sure I'll tell I us. think from his Instagram troll, he's noticed an awful lot of footballers' houses look the same. Good afternoon, Tom. 
How are you? Yeah, good, yeah, thank good. you. I mean, I, you put you actually said in your piece today. I think I suppose one of the reasons is there's so many rentals. I mean, it's such a transient business football these days. Who's gonna Who's gonna buy somewhere? You could be on the road in three or four months' time. So maybe they look for those kind of the clubs find these identical big houses in different places, and the players just move into them. Well, quite. There's a lot of reasons why footballers might end up in these sorts of homes. It's very comforting, isn't it, to imagine that there's this standard of luxury, this sort of life that you can just port anywhere and know that you can be living in much the same surroundings, whether you're playing for Manchester United or Middlesbrough or even Benfica or somewhere, and you can just move this aesthetic around the world. And footballers obviously have got a lot more important things to think about and to focus on and the colour of their flooring. So I think it makes a lot of sense. But it, but it is quite amusing to me that basically it looks like they all live in one big house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a lovely thought. Yeah. Just, just, maybe they are all just together all the time. In, in the, you made the point, you were talking about the, the sort of 70s and 80s and, and the Shoot magazine used to invite people, uh, the players would invite Shoot magazine in to do At Home With. And I remember one with Trevor Brooking, Trevor Brooking and his missus at home in the, oh, in the early mid-70s. And there was a lot of onyx on show oh, was there? there was uh, <laughs> quite ornate coffee tap. Yeah, there was an yeah. onyx lighter that looked like it could take your eye out but great big shards of sharp onyx like, don't don't try and light a cigarette with that Trev no. but uh, it was... I can imagine people would turn up to training meet them in the car park yeah. do you want any onyx yeah. <laughs> onyx spiny spares but it was yeah <laughs> they were they, they kind of felt very homely and it looked like somebody had, had, had put down roots in those houses as opposed to sort of being just passing through these days yeah, I suppose the different thing about those houses, a lot of the times, they didn't look that different to the sorts of houses that people might have been living in. And, no. and that's clearly the one thing that has changed enormously is that the, the amount of money footballers have got to spend has, has gone up enormously. But, but, but it is strange to me that, that all of these places that we see in the backgrounds of Instagram shots, they're so neutral, they're so devoid of personality, and you can probably write your own punchline from there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've mainly focused on the Southampton players. You had a good trawl through their pictures. Um, and there, there was interesting. Ryan Bertrand and his and his partner there, lovely picture. Again, again, a lot of grey and a lot of grey and a lot of white on show. Yeah, I, I wanted to make the point in the article that I hopefully I'm not being too sniffy about where these footballers live because the thing that really comes through when you look at these pictures of the people are the people with their family and mm. they've. They've, they've worked incredibly hard to get to their position and the amount of money they should do, in my opinion. And a lot of the time, these houses are uh, their reward and they're able to mm. give their family so much more than they would otherwise. But, but I had a look, um, Paul, for you around some Spurs players oh, uh, yeah. this afternoon to make sure um, uh, I, wasn't, I wasn't getting too carried away with the Southampton findings. Harry Kane mm. seems to always pose in front of the same set of doors. It really looks like he's got a lift in his house. I really, really hope that's true. He might do. It might be on several floors. It might be a high-speed lift. Yeah, that's it. We never had this much access before, did we? You know, is the thing. I suppose they want it to be... Because I know what I do. If I do an online gig and it's, mm. it's somebody's house, first thing I'll do is go, oh, where'd you get that sofa? Or I'll, you know, look at their art behind them or whatever, yeah. you know. And, like, we all we all pick at it, don't we? You know, yeah. there's, there's lots of things written about what books people have got you know, in the, in their shelves and all that sort of stuff. So I suppose they're under such mi- minute, mi- 
people are looking at them so closely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That if they did have anything different, it opens them them up to so much banter. Yeah, I might say a better their word. teammates could get. Oh, look at that! Oh, looks like we got ourselves a reader, as Bill yeah. Hicks said. <laughs> yeah, you professor. see more than three or four books, he'll start being called Prof when he goes into training <laughs> the following day. <laughs> You'd have a lot of fun with Gareth Bale, I think, Charlie, if he was on the live stream with you. He's got this massive grey sofa. Of course, it's grey. It looks bigger than my bed. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder yeah. if Harry's got a lift because of his. You know, like your nan gets one because he does get a lot of ankle injuries, H, doesn't he? If he wants to get upstairs <laughs> to the bed, you think it's a stair lift? I reckon it's a stair lift because you can. Like they say, why have a stair lift when you can have a lift? Yeah, You've seen the ads lift, in the yeah. Daily Mail. <laughs> so maybe, maybe he's gone early. One of those lifts that takes twenty-five minutes to get between the two floors. You must be right about the rental. There's probably yeah, especially, especially around the Cheshire area. You know, that's where they a lot yeah. of the, a lot of the footballers live, isn't it? And they've got so much money it's a, that someone must have bought ten houses and, and rented them out to footballers. That proper, must be how a, it goes. Kind of property merry-go-round, I would think. Is it Jurgen Klopp lives in Brendan Rodgers' house? Is it that way round or the other way around? I'm not so sure. One of them lives in each other's house, isn't it? Do they? I don't, he's moved out though, Brendan. They don't live. There's your sitcom pilot. If they're, <laughs> if they're both living in the, oh, we got Leicester next week. They put a turnstile in. He like rents Step Brendan Rodgers' house because when he left yeah. Liverpool and went to Celtic. That I happens think. a lot, doesn't it? The player player leaves. As I said, the clubs do an awful lot. We spoke to a guy who does a lot of work with uh, up in the Midlands, I think, for Wolves. And, you know, obviously you've got a lot of players coming from different parts of the world. And his job is to find them somewhere nice to live. The clubs lean on these people. They know the kind of level of property they want. So, um, I mean, this is the thing. If, if they don't regard you as a top player, you get a two-up, two-down in Cannock. But uh, otherwise, otherwise, but other some leafy suburb of Wolverhampton they'll find, and uh, and so yeah, the clubs are doing an awful lot of this, aren't they? Yeah, I think um, clearly that's a big part of the role. A lot of the work at the clubs now is just making things as, as easy as they can be for the players. Everything from sort of finding them a lovely private chef to bring in or yeah. sorting out their passports and telling them what time they've got to be up to uh, receive their delivery order and things like that. Um, the, the, the thing that interests me beyond what we're seeing as well is, is there must be loads more that we're not seeing. But I, I don't think footballers want to look flash. I don't think they do it on purpose. I mean, even Gareth Bale, if you look at his Instagram, he hasn't posted a video of himself golfing for 28 weeks now, mm. probably quite quite sensibly. But there, I, I'm sure there are untold riches that we're not getting to see on the Instagram. I'm sure there's some marvellous swimming pools and yeah. snooker tables, or maybe that's going back a bit to the, uh, to the shoot years. <laughs> uh, and certainly lots of rooms to adjust frame shirts and trainers. Yeah, I love it when the... I think Stephen Gerrard had one of these, what might have been Michael Owen, in one of those documentaries they did at home with on, on Sky. But the busts with the shirts that they've collected that, that turn, that are on sort of turning motorised plinths so they can go into a, a very white room which is a kind of shrine so well, why not you know if you've, you've earned it why not but but the, the revolving bust maybe with a with Ronaldo's shirt on it yeah, uh, yeah why not turn your house into a version of the Hard Rock Cafe <laughs> that's good stuff maybe all that so maybe the golf and the, the train is all on the OnlyFans you know like you can get really? you know OnlyFans Paul is like you can Only get some sexier pictures of people if you start to pay, I didn't know pay, you, you can pay a premium to see the sort of racier shots you, is this right Charlie I, yeah, I wasn't so aware that's of the this. only fans maybe they, the footballers do that but with golf clubs and and trainers instead okay. of nipples. Okay, well, I'll, okay, well, I'll go and I, I wasn't aware of OnlyFans, Charlie, but you've piqued me interest there. Uh, good get on it, Paul. I think people will be interested. Oh, they will be. Good to 20 talk. Twenty years, why not? Good to talk to you, Tom. Thanks very much. Cheers, chaps.
Tom Gibbs here from uh, the Daily Telegraph. Uh, you're telling us about some of the unusual jobs you had as uh, Annick Castle go recruiting a whole Hogwarts uh, team, including costume tour guides, trainee wizards, and uh, broomstick mm. training, apart as well as people for admin and kitchen staff. Um, I was a Danny Smith tells us I was a minder for the London 2012 mascot Wenlock oh. on Super Saturday. Who was the other one? Wenlock and um, Hemlock. I was going to no, say no, it wasn't. wasn't Wenlock. Was it? oh. It's I should know Good this quiz question. Isn't it? Was it? Was it? Was it wasn't Mandeville? Oh, it's Wenlock. And you carry on and on. It was, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I can't remember. Um, I was on the track at the finishing line as Mo Farah crossed the line. Says uh, Danny. I mean, how much minding did uh, Wenlock need? If you walk, well, <laughs> I knew someone who was. Uh, it was Mandeville, Paul. It was Mandeville. It was Mandeville. That's Mandeville. right. Yeah, yeah. Um, where was it? What was I going to say? Yeah, I knew a lad who was the mascot for Millwall okay. at one point, and he would go out into the community years and years ago, mm. twenty odd years ago, and he'd go out into the community, do a bit, and he'd go around the local Arndale, the local shopping centre, whatever it is, sort of Bermondsey way, and he'd go out waving at the kids. Yeah, and um, somebody from the club uh, would go with him, sort of somebody in the community would go along with him. And uh, one day they went into a shopping centre and uh, he said, uh, Youngry, to the guy in the mascot suit, he said, well, I can't really eat anything, can I? I can't eat a sandwich through this. He said, I'm starving. You don't mind if I go and get a Mackey D's, do you? And he went, well, look, don't be too long, eh? Yeah. <laughs> so he wandered off, leaving him there in this, and he's waving. So a bunch of Herbert kids turn up, 11, 12-year-olds, push him over. Oh, no. <laughs> so he's rolling about trying yeah. to stand up in oh. this thing and give him a bit of a good-humoured shooing. While he's, <laughs> but they're doing it as a laugh. Yeah. Hey, booting <laughs> him around like I an am old in football. Here. And then he sort of, then there's all these old dears saying, leave him alone, leave it. And then the kids all scarpered, yeah. you know, it was all relatively good-humoured mm. to have a laugh. They didn't, they didn't work him over or anything. But then the fellow wanders back with his halfway through his quarter pounder with mayonnaise running. You all right? Did you fall over? It's great, isn't it? Oh, poor, poor bloke. Then anyway. trying to make a living, yeah, trying, anyway. trying to cheer people up. That's a weird and wonderful gig. My uh, wife was once convinced that our third keeper was uh, the Gilbert the Gull for a while. Really? <laughs> so I don't think that's true. I don't one of the, they made him double up. <laughs> they made him because he wasn't on the bench. They yeah. made him be Gilbert. Imagine the Gull. that. I don't think that, that's, I don't that would have been that. another. I don't slight. think that was true. That would have been a slight, wouldn't it? Your third keeper manager calls him in, says uh, Saturday, <laughs> you're on the pitch. Yeah, you're on the pitch, but you are Gilbert the Gull. <laughs> Uh, Talksport.com, text 81089, tweet TSHJ. We're looking for sporting examples or otherwise of being slighted. And some of the weird and wonderful gigs that you still dine out on, those little short jobs, maybe. And you thought, I can't say no to that because I know it will give me a story, as Jarlath was saying to us a bit earlier on. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talksport. You're telling us this afternoon about uh, sporting slights. Uh, Jamie Carragher last night saying, How did the young centre halves on the bench feel, maybe, to see? You've got to put them back in after you've, you've preferred Jordan Henderson uh, at, at centre-half <laughs> yeah. than, than them. So it's always you know, a, a bit of a slight in some ways. So you're telling us about uh, your versions of that. Um, uh, as a kid, I went on the CBB show 50-50. Trust my luck, I was number 51. <laughs> Brackets first reserve. A lad who was sick on the way there, so I thought this is my chance, but unfortunately he soldiered on. Yeah, he, he went through the pain barrier. I got to sit in the seats where why others played the game, says Blaine. And uh, Guard says, My team once had the Bear 11 for a Sunday morning cup match, which meant Yerlet, uh, who was the club's not-so-super-sub, uh, okay, yeah. had a chance Ooh, to start. Go on, Yerlet. However... 
the ref stated uh, in the rules that we did need uh, somebody to run the line. So poor old Yerlit ran the line while we played with ten. No, that is a slight, no, isn't it? Yeah, constantly that, giving offside. That is a slight. Oh, dear, so um, sporting slights or otherwise, where you found yourself. This is my moment. This is definitely my moment. But you were overlooked. Yeah. And uh, weird and wonderful jobs you have taken on over the years the the, the job you when you when you're sitting around with your mates you're dining out on a story of that 10 15 minute two day three months job you had doing something weird and wonderful it could be at Annick castle these days in their hogwarts show you could be a, a tour guide a trainee wizard or a broomstick trainer that's something to tell your mates about in years to come so get in touch talksport.com text 81089 tweet tsh&j 08717223344 now Charlie. Yes. Uh, Kevin De Bruyne uh, at the moment is, is it looks like he, he's going to say no to the first contract he's okay. offered by Manchester City and there was a big pitch of him today in the paper and it's something that struck me before that if he doesn't sign the contract I think the major reason could be is that light blue really isn't his colour. <laughs> You think it, it washes him out? You think he does? It sort of looks a bit. Well, as my wife says, peely wally. He's quite, he's quite pale, <laughs> yeah. isn't he? And the blonde hair and the light blue. Yes. I j- he just he needs to be with like a nice green. It's it's just he? like a nice green washes cut. him out. <laughs> so I, I was just thinking there must be a player. There probably have been players over the years. Or if Kevin sat down and said, "Look, I'd like to sign again," but the missus says light blue washes me out. <laughs> I'll play away. I'll play away <laughs> games. Or could we possibly change? I look good in. Red. Yeah. Could we possibly change? Uh, I think you might be onto something red. There, but, yeah, I'm not sure, Kevin. It's not. It's, I mean, he's a brilliant player, but it's just not his colour. But you do that when you imagine play when players go on, going to go to that team. Yeah. They go, think, I can't imagine I you in that yeah, club. I, I can't imagine you in blue. Yeah, that's like, yeah, like a bit of a dark cut. blue. It's not for you. Yeah, that. It could be. You don't look good in no, like Sanchez. When yeah. Sanchez <laughs> was yeah. at Arsenal, I, re- yeah. I was, and he said, "Oh, I'm going to go." Uh, and he went to Man United, Manchester, yeah. and I was like, "Yeah." And then I thought, well, I, can't, I just can't imagine you any other colour other than red. You know, Sanchez. <laughs> let's go. Since he's left, you know, he didn't have a good season there. No, did he? Strange, so, you know, isn't it? Very, so maybe it doesn't. It doesn't really work. Onto something there, Paul. Um, if your story, uh, Charlie, in the papers, uh, a couple bought their their uh, their two kids. I think are sort of five and eight years old. A little twelve ninety nine boxing toy, oh, that's uh, electronic nice. toy. Mm-hmm. It's made in China. Okay, uh, this thing, mm-hmm. and uh, two boxers uh, kind of clumping each other. And then when you win the fight, they say things. They say they sort of go, "Wow, I want a punch!" Or, <laughs> yeah. oh, "I won that fight." But at, w- at one point, it, it, it swears. Oh, it nice. uses the four-letter word beginning with S and ending with T, and it says <laughs> it says that word and says, uh, "I've lost." So the kids are like, hang on. But then you'd 100% be clicking it round to hear that every single time. It it did remind me, but the kids, and that's the picture of the two kids in the paper looking horrified at hearing this word, like they've not heard it in the playground a million times, or possibly from one of the teachers accidentally. But it reminded me of a story back in the day of uh, when I worked in the old, uh, on the music front. And uh, the good people at Yamaha used to have this uh, electric piano, CP70, CP8, it's a big old mm. grand piano sounding thing, very distinct sound, keen, they used to use lovely. it. Nice, lovely mm. thing. But they were a big old beast. And um, often the translation for the for these things uh, would be done by maybe quite young students okay. who speak English. And I, I was told by someone at Yamaha back in the day this was the case with the manual for this electric piano. And they put together the, the instruction manual 
manual of how to put the whole thing together. And one of it was the leg assembly, putting the legs <coughs> on the uh, on this uh, particular piano. Yeah. And it had the instructions and little arrows pointing, like, uh, you know, where it should be. And uh, th- there was a screw that you had to basically attach to it. So it, um, somebody in, in the office who was doing the translation said to one of their mates who, was, who spoke English, uh, what's, what's the English word for screw? Because they needed to... <laughs> you can see where this is going. So they print the manual. Lovely. They print the initial oh. manuals, the big Yamaha manual that goes out with all of these electric pianos. And sure enough, there's a big arrow pointing to one of the legs. And the legend, yes, four letters beginning with F. They're on, Put the they're, in here. Yeah. So just that was... So they, you know, they, they wow. spoke you English. But nice frame I imagine they're quite a collector's item yeah, now, imagine, if you can find yeah. one of those. But oh, nice. uh, there we are. That appeared in an instruction manual for an old Yamaha electric Lovely. piano. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport. There we are. That was this afternoon show. We'll do it all again uh, tomorrow, See, Charlie. Tomorrow, yeah, yeah fantastic. We're back at one. So uh, for now, thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on Talk Sport. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 